Well, church, it has been an exciting year this last year, and I'm excited to give an update with this. We launched uh, the campaign for our relocation project um, as a church one year ago tomorrow. Um, is when we did that last year. We called it the Beyond Us um, effort, the Beyond Us campaign. And you, as a church, we, together, we went beyond ourselves. And on November 11th, last year, we committed $1.3 million to this project and taking the gospel of Jesus into a new place. We're excited about that. Um, this is the, the verse that we used that to inspire us with this. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Glory to God, who is able to do far beyond all that we could ask or imagine. And I believe it is going to take God to do this. That was a huge commitment by us, and I believe it's going to take God to finish that in your lives, in my life, in my commitment, as well as this church um, with that. Our goal was to look beyond our own comfort and to say that we have an opportunity to take the message of Jesus into something new. We decided that God had used this space very well. God had used us in this space very well over the years, but it was time for something new, somewhere new. And our goal was to look to the future with this. And we're building something that I believe is going to outlast us and who we are. And to prove that, I want to show you something. This is a picture of a groundbreaking ceremony of a church. This picture is the groundbreaking ceremony of this church in this location right here. This picture was taken just outside the building, um, but, um, next to the driveway here as you pull in that little field area there is where this picture was taken. And I believe that there are two people that are still part of Crestview that may or may not be in this picture. Um, we don't know specifically. One is Rachel Moreland. She is definitely in this picture. She's not with us this morning. She's traveling. Um, but she is in this picture um, somewhere towards the middle pulling um, on that rope. They're pulling a plow through the field to break the ground. The other person is Brian Grossnickel. He's actually here this morning. This is Brian. He would have been five years old in the picture and he says he doesn't remember if he was here or not at five. Um, but um, there are just a couple left that may have started this and what they started has gone beyond what they could have thought that we have outgrown this space and we're taking it somewhere new churches change people change but here's the beauty of it our foundation does not the foundation that this church was started on is still the foundation of this church and it will continue to be the foundation in the future. So last week we had a groundbreaking ceremony on our future new property. And there's some pictures I want to show you from that as well. And we talked last week in church about a guy named Naaman who was healed by the prophet Elijah. And after he was healed by Elijah, he went to offer Elijah a gift and Elijah wouldn't accept it. So Naaman said, well, then can I take some dirt from Israel, from the holy ground of God and take back to Syria with him, because at that time God was only in Israel, not in Syria, and He wanted to take that holy ground with Him. We did the same kind of concept, although we already know that the Spirit of God is everywhere here. We used some of that, and we we had buckets up here with dirt in it. And one of the buckets had dirt from this location, and we took it with us to that location. And yes, last Sunday afternoon, we mixed it in with the dirt on that location, knowing that what has been started here, the foundation here is continuing. Then we did this. This was really fun. We took a Bible from here 
and we took it with us. And in the, low, in the spot, we tried to find as close as we could the spot where the stage is going to be someday, and we buried a Bible out there. And, and here's the concept and the idea. It's that our foundation is in Jesus. Our foundation is in a person, in who Jesus is. And when Paul was writing to the church in Corinth, um, he went around. Paul was a, an apostle who started churches. He, he was not a believer in Jesus at first. He became a believer in Jesus, and then he went around and started new churches. And after that, he would write back to the churches. So he wrote back to a church in Corinth, and he wrote them this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, he says, No man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So no matter how much cement the builders pour out there, no matter how deep the foundation is of the pillars that they pour, no matter how thick the foundation is of um, the floor that they lay with the cement, that's not our foundation. The only foundation that we have out there is on who Jesus is. The building might be built on cement, but what we stand on and what we present and tell people is a person Our faith is built on a person that that claimed that he was going to die and resurrect from the dead. And then he pulled it off. And I want to listen to him. I want to build my life around the guy that can do that. And it was Jesus that actually said it this way. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24. If anyone hears these words of mine and acts on them, may he be compared to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rock being his words and what he teaches us. So our church is going to continue to have that old foundation of who Jesus is and what he taught us. However, there's going to be some new beginnings. And in order to make things happen new and fresh, there's times you've got to let go of something. To grab onto something new, you have to let go of something else. Most of you are probably like this as well. I've got in my garage a bucket. Um, it's, it's kind of a basket with shoes in it. Does everybody have a bucket, basket of shoes in their garage? These are the shoes that I put on when I go and mow my yard, right? I don't mow them in my good dress shoes. I, I put on my old shoes to mow the yard and to do yard work and things that might get messy. But those shoes once used to be new shoes. I used to have new shoes that I wouldn't wear out there. And when I got new shoes, my old shoes now became my work shoes, right? I, I've got a bucket full of rags. I call them rags, but actually, they used to be new t-shirts of mine, favorite t-shirts of mine that my wife made me put out in the garage to use as rags. There's still a few I have in my closet that, that I am um, reluctant to let go of, even though there's holes in them and paint on them. I'm like, that's one of my favorite shirts. I don't want to use it as a rack, but they become... I have to let go of some of those things because I have new shirts and my old ones become something else. God doesn't do that with us, although he continues to do new things with us. All the time he's doing something new in us and we have to discover that. That's a word that we use often here at Crestview. Discover. It's part of our strategy. It's who we are as a church. You're going to hear these words often, discover, develop, and deploy. We want you to discover new things about God all the time, and I believe every day you can discover something new about him. We want you to develop in your faith and make that grow, and we want you to deploy. Go out and tell somebody, work for him, do something for him. Many times, though, in order to discover, 
you have to let go of something. The prophet Isaiah in chapter 43, it's a familiar verse. It's the Old Testament. Isaiah's prophesying not just, you know, here's the future. He's telling us about Jesus. Jesus is coming, and he says it this way. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. This is Jesus. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, when Isaiah says this, we have to interpret it correctly. He's not saying forget everything in your past. Um, That's not the goal, and I don't think that we can just forget everything. But what he's saying is don't let your past define you. What's happened in your past is not something that should hold us back from moving ahead. The NIV, the New International Version, actually says don't dwell in that. Don't let your past hold you back from making achievements in the future. I like this quote. It's not original with me. Maybe you've seen it before in a meme. Um, If Satan reminds you of your past, remind him of his future, right? Don't, Don't let your past mistakes keep you from moving ahead, from discovering something new. Yes, absolutely. Learn lessons. Remember your past enough that you can learn a lesson from that and say, I'm not going to do that again. But stretch out. Discover something new. I've had to do this a couple times in my life. It's not very fun. And maybe you've been here before. I'll bet it probably will happen again. But there's been times I've had to throw things away. Like letters. Um, Nowadays it's emails. But it was letters, things that were written emails that were shared that I like to hang on to at times because whenever I had a pity party and I wanted to feel sorry for myself, I'd pull those out, right? And you've been there before. Sometimes it's fun to have those pity parties and and you can make yourself feel better by making yourself feel bad. So I'd pull those out and I needed to let go of them. So there's been times where I've deleted a bunch of stuff Because I've said, I can't let this hold me back from being who God wants me to be. Learning from those, absolutely, but growing. I can't discover something new if I'm holding on to the past. And sometimes it's good things. Sometimes there are times we have to say goodbye to something, like my favorite t-shirt, to move on to something else to get something new. Here at this church, I've had four offices. I'm currently in my fourth office. I've moved offices four times here. I haven't changed jobs, just moved offices, but I'm preparing for my fifth. And I'm excited about what that's going to look like. So here's a picture of our new building. This is what it's going to look like out there. And I'm excited for discovering new things and new people there. But church, if we don't move ahead... I'll say it this way. If we don't move ahead, we could be comfortable. We could make it easy here. I believe we could be debt-free here. And we could do some really cool things here. And it could be comfortable for us here in this location. But I also believe with all my heart that we're not commissioned to be comfortable. God did not call us to say, hey, pay off the building and live comfortably. That's what you should do. No, he commissioned us to seek and save the lost. And there's times in order for us to seek and save the lost, we have to take some risks. And we have to discover that there's new things out there, and new things push us to discovery. 
I love this quote. I've used it before. I'm going to use it again. Zig Ziglar, he once said, it's risky when a plane leaves the runway, but that's what planes are for. It's more risky for it to just sit there and accumulate rust. It's risky when a ship leaves the harbor, but that's what ships are for. It's more risky for it just to sit there and collect barnacles. And I love to add to his quote, it's risky for a church to stretch out and seek to expand and grow. But that's what churches are for. It's more risky if we just stay here and stay the same and stay comfortable. Guys, I believe with all my heart that the church is the only hope of our future. The only hope of our future for our country, for for our world, for our community here. And the reason is because we are the only organization that exists that consistently tells people about the saving hope of Jesus. Now, I know there's some other great organizations out there that help people, that, that, that help them with their finances, their resources, that, that feed them, that give them clothes. But there's no better organization to support than that which gives them an eternity to change. And you want to talk about a risk? I believe it was a risk when Jesus said, I'm going to leave heaven, I'm going to go and be one of them for a while and tell them about this love and show them this love. And then he tells us, what does it profit? What does it profit you if you gain the whole world but you lose your soul? And that's our mission and that's our goal is to tell people that. And if you're a multimillionaire and you don't know who Jesus is, you might be great here in this world, but you're lost for eternity. But if you have nothing here except for Jesus, you will be a success for eternity. But it doesn't begin with your bank account. It begins with your heart. That's where it starts. And I believe one of the hardest things for us to do is to give room for God to do new things in us. Because we like to settle in and we like to be comfortable. But when I give things up and say, God, you, you do it. God, don't bless my mission and my goals. God, what do you want? Here, here's a blank piece of paper. God, what do you want from me? What are your plans for me? God, here are my resources. How do you want to use them? I believe God can use your resources better than you can on your own because he's doing new things with them all the time. Lamentations. Um, it's in the Old Testament again. This is a familiar one. Most of you have probably heard this one as well. Lamentations 3, his mercies are new every morning. If you let God replenish you every day, he will be faithful in that. And he can do new things through you if you trust him with the things that he has given you. They're fresh every morning. New compassions, new mercy, new grace, new life, new opportunities. Even the cells in our body are rejuvenated every day. He does amazing things through us. So let me jump back here. Isaiah 43, the, the end of this verse we already read, um, verses 18 19, he says, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. New ways in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Paint that image in your head. I mean, let's think about it. New opportunities, new possibilities, new potential. New era, new time frame, a time of discovery. Because there's people, us, and people that aren't here yet, that when they feel lost spiritually, it's like they're standing in the middle of a wilderness and everything looks the same. 
I don't know where to go. Day after day after day, it's just monotonous and it feels like we're walking in circles, right? Everything looks the same. And what we need is a path, a direction out of the wilderness, through the wilderness. And he's saying this, I will make a way for you, a direction to continue on with faith and hope and love. What about when you're dry? Spiritually, when you're like, it's, it's a dry desert and you feel empty spiritually, what's going on? He's saying that his presence is like a river in your dry spirit, in the spirit of your, your desert. He is like a river flowing through it. How do you discover that? What do you need to let go of? What's holding you back from discovering something new with God? So Paul wrote two letters to this church in Corinth. He, he wrote the first one, and he wrote a second one to them as well. And in chapter 5, verse 17, Paul reminds them, he says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. What needs to pass away for you to discover something new in him? Is it a relationship that you need to separate from? been toxic for you you can still pray for them and hope the best for them but for you you need to stretch out maybe it's a sin that's holding you back that you're saying i need to let go of this this is something i need to stop what what is holding you back from growing and discovering something new in god because he's made a promise to us that he's going to do new things all the time with us from Isaiah in the Old Testament to Revelation in the New. When John wrote Revelation, here was his vision to us from God. He saw a new heaven and a new earth. It's not here yet. It's still to come. New things all the time that God is going to continually do for us. A new heaven and a new earth. And he says, behold, in verse 5, I will make all things new. He's doing this through us. So for us as a church to live this out, we are stretching out. The vision of beyond us is to go bigger than us, to to make something happen that in years from now, I hope somebody shows a picture of our groundbreaking ceremony and says, you know what? There's nobody that's still here, but thank goodness they did it. I'm so grateful for the commitment that was made for them to stretch out and continue to grow because it might be somebody's friend that comes to know Christ because of what we do. So I'm going to offer this. I'm going to make a challenge to you guys. If you're new with us in the last year, if you just started attending Crestview in the last year and you weren't here when we did this campaign last year, I'm going to ask that you join us. Hopefully you get a letter um, this week about this, but here is my um, invitation here. Join us on this move. Um, In the bulletin that you have, there's an invitation to a town hall meeting on Wednesday, November 20th, um, right here at Crestview, and I'd love for you to come out and hear about our history, hear about how we got started with this, what is happening with this, some details about the project and what's going on with this. I'd love for you to be here and learn about this so that you can feel confident in joining us on this journey and on this move. Um, I'd love for you to be a part of it. If you have been with us and you call this place home, I'm going to challenge you on your commitment. 
to either continue it and keep it, or maybe God has blessed you. And maybe it's an increase in that. But if anything, continue to live up to the commitment that you made with it. And I want to say this as well. Here's my other challenge. If you call this church home, if this is your home church, then I want to challenge you on your general giving. What scripture teaches as a tithe. What you give to the current mission of what we're doing. And if you've been here more than a couple Sundays, I know you've heard it. Oftentimes it's Steve that, that stands up here and says it, or it's other people. Sometimes it's me as well. And we say, if you're new with us this morning, we don't want you to feel obligated to give. And that is true. We don't want you to feel the guilt, and we don't want you to think that all church is about is receiving um, resources and money. But if you're not new with us, I want you to hear this. If this is your home church and you're not new with us, what that actually also means is I do want you to feel obligated to give. I do want you to feel like this is your home and you are a part of the support behind that. And so there is that commission for us to support the local church and this mission that we have. Now, I don't want you to feel guilty about it. I don't want you to feel um, like there's guilt being put on you with it. I want you to give joyfully, and I want you to be a part of something bigger than you, and I want you to trust God because he's trying to do something new in you. And when you trust him with your resources, you will discover things that you've never discovered before in God and who he is. So my challenge to you is if this is your home, continue to be supportive of what we're doing. Yes, keep your foundation in Jesus and the teachings that he gives and follow him in that. Maybe if you're not new with us, or sorry, if you are new with us and you haven't taken this step, this is our baptistry behind us. It's warm this morning. We're ready for this at any time. I would love for you to take that step and be a part of it. And then as you do that, continue to grow and bring somebody else in. Invite somebody to come and be a part of what we're doing. This is our mission, is to bless someone else. We've talked about it. I'm going to bring it up again in the next few weeks, the little white cards in front of you, to bless them, to help them, to teach them, and to invite somebody to be a part of it. And the best way to do that is coming up. So we've got, coming up, next month is Christmas. There's no better time to invite somebody to church than Christmas. It's easy. Most people expect it. Um, your friends aren't going to be put off by that. If you invite them to Christmas, to church at Christmas time, they're going to say, yeah, that makes sense. So invite them. Our series that we're doing is called Not So Silent Night. So we, we sing the song Silent Night, and that's what we want, and we hope that that can be on us, the peace that comes with that. But in all reality, it wasn't very silent during that time period, and we're going to learn from different people at the time that Jesus was born, about how they found that peace and hope through Jesus. And so all of us, no matter what we're going through, it's not so silent, usually in our lives, but we can still find that peace in Jesus. And your friends need to hear that. Invite them at any time through Christmas. We're going to be giving you stuff, resources that you'll need to be able to do that and make it easy for you. But if you would right now, we're going to prepare our hearts to remember what Jesus did for us. So if you would, let's stand, let's sing, and prepare for that time. <laughs>